During the presale last week, AEW sold over 12,000 tickets for the 820 Rampage show in Chicago. That event is the prison debut of CM Punk. The All Out Week events are also doing very well, and even WWE sold out the Allstate Arena in Chicago for last night's Raw. Chicago seems to be extremely hot for pro wrestling right now. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinnesotaBellTime.com, the website database tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On today's show, we're talking about all the wrestling hitting Chicago and how strong the market continues to respond. We also have headlines in the last 24 hours. Travis Severance is in the house, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for August 3rd, 2021, where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you the truth. Good morning, Travis. Are you ready to go to Chicago? I'm always ready to go to Chicago. I love that town. Well, that is the big news story today. Uh, of course, AEW, they had a massive pre-sale last week for Rampage, the 820 Rampage, which is show number two, uh, sold over 12,000 tickets in the pre-sale. And then they officially went on sale yesterday, shortly after we went off the air and sold out like that. And that's not the only show, which is why it's the news story, right? But obviously the 820, there's that mystic mysticism behind the whole CM Punk debut that we, that we're looking for. Yeah. So it's Chicago has, I think initially was going to be the de facto home for AEW. We, we heard that when we watched the shows that we watched there. And I think AEW is very much leaning on Chicago to be their New York city, their Madison square garden area. The difference is Chicago has got, as we've been to many venues that you can throw a wrestling show in. So you can go all around that town in general. So I think it's, I, I think it was a good place for them to decide to put their headquarters, so to speak. Now, obviously, it's hard to say that the home of AEW is in Jacksonville, Florida. We got to see a year's worth of shows plus down there. Chicago, big town, big draw, easy fly in town, a lot of stuff going on, great nightlife, no shortage of other venues where they can run indie shows around their shows and stuff like that. And it does happen to be the home of a guy who doesn't like to travel all that much, one CM Punk. Which we heard some chance for, surprisingly, last night on Raw. Maybe not so surprisingly. I think those people <laughs> sold tickets to the wrong show. They, <laughs> I think they were just hopeful. The name yeah. was out there. They're like, maybe we're going to see the swerve. The last of the faithful holding out hope. I guess so. But it's like you mentioned, they, AEW has run Wine Trust for, that's where they have Revolution. They've run Sears Center, which is now the Now Arena. They've got three shows coming up, 919395 for that. I don't believe they're all totally sold out, but close enough. And All Out is, got all out, according to Dave Meltzer, All Out is the highest get-in price for any pro wrestling event ever. That includes all the WrestleManias, that includes Royal Rumbles, all that stuff. It's mainly due to scarcity because it was such a hot ticket and the scalpers didn't get in on it. So the pe people that are selling it are like the fans that bought tickets for it that really don't want to not go anyway. So they've got a high price on it. Oh, it's definitely the hardcores, right? So when we got in on the presale early, right? Like that, when I logged in and I didn't really talk to you or Maggie about this, but when I logged in to get those tickets, when I was going through the queue, the tickets that I was pushing on were going faster than when I was in the mania queue, the ones that were open for presale. So like I jumped, I clicked on three spots before I got one that would actually go through because people were going so fast. And that's just diehards. Like you said, I don't think it was scalpers. Now, 
you can find, or at least last week when I looked, you can still find reasonable secondary market tickets, but I bet you that is, that number has changed quite a bit now. Yeah. I, be, I think it's over $200 now, which is, and those are from the nosebleed of now arena. So, and at $200, just to put some perspective in we're hard camera side, middle row in like the F section, which is, a, it's a good, we have really good seats. Face value on those were $85. Those yeah. nosebleeders were $24 a ticket to be right. in the rafters essentially. So right. they're up to so 200 now. 10 times the price. Right? Correct. A hack of a profit there. Yep. Yep. Okay. So then last night, when did I raw from the Allstate Arena? That's uh, right there in Roseland, right across from the airport. That's where the 2019 Survivor Series weekend events were. Yeah. NXT was there. Yes. Yep. Yep. Great. That's a great location too, if you're flying in because you're so close to the airport and getting in and out. And other than the seating, I think that we had one of the times, the seating's a little tight there. It's a bit older arena. I think Americans were a little bit skinnier back then, or at least maybe I was. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> back, got, back when the building was constructed. Yes. Correct. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So not totally surprising that the, this is the early stages of going back on the road. Chicago's a hot town. They sold out even for Monday Night Raw, which has not been historically when I say historically, I mean like pre-pandemic has not been the hottest ticket out there, but Raw sold out in a hot town. Makes sense. But they did have the, we want Wyatt and we want uh, CM Punk chant throughout the show. While they were there, they weren't necessarily the happiest of fans because that CM Punk chant only comes out when people are pretty annoyed. So it's interesting, right? I think there's, there are, and, and we've been in seats in a couple of these different places. I think there are certain wrestling towns that have more smart mark fans sitting in those seats. I think if you look at Philly, I think if we look at New York, I think if we look at Toronto, and I think if we look at Chicago, that's where you're going to see the most heat on that. And I think there's the most heat put on the promotion. Now, if the promotion's got it right, it's also some of the best venues to be a part of because those True. fans know their stuff. NXT War Games 2019, oh. amazing. Survivor Series the next night, boom. Fell down a little bit. But the other thing I want to mention is that week of 9-1, 9-3, where AEW has their three shows. There's also GCW, AAW, all these shows that are coming in. And we got tickets to several of those shows too. But gosh darn it, if we weren't there the second they went on the line for sale, we wouldn't have got those tickets because all those shows are, are selling out as well. Killer town. It's a killer town. I think the interesting thing when we see at least what we saw the last time we were in Chicago for an AAW show, like I think under normal circumstances, I think the only surprise for that week is that there's no star cast there. Usually yeah. Conrad has something set up and that kind of adds a little bit of intimacy to the area and stuff where you can get to see and touch the wrestlers and and do those sort of things. But the nice thing about AEW and with all the cooperation now is if you are running an indie show, you can grab talent from all over the place and throw them on your show because a lot of those guys have different contracts where they can work different venues and stuff like that. So if AEW is going to be in town for essentially a week, you can snipe some people to hot shot your show. Now, this whole thing just fell into our laps as wrestling fans. GCW is coming off of obviously the extremely hot Cardona gauge thing that we talked about last week. There's some other storylines that are in the middle of there as well that they've got going on and all these other shows are coming together too. So it's a weird time, honestly, because if you took a look at the trends in wrestling, usually this time of year is kind of slowish for wrestling because it's yeah. all the families are like, all right, school. Like I know some of my friends in like Arizona and stuff like that. School started for their kids this week. 
So this is a last hurrah for parents to do vacations and stuff like that. So wrestling viewership and sometimes attendance isn't actually the best. Now, when you start getting into the colder months, we see it start to pick up a little bit more TV stuff and so on and so forth. It's pretty incredible that we're seeing the numbers that we are. It's pretty incredible that we're seeing the shows that we're seeing in all the different talent that's out there to be able to make those shows great. And everybody's back now, right? We've got MLW that's going, we've got ROH that's got the hot tourney that's going on and different things like that. So it's, I think it's just a culmination of everything's now back up and going. And also people are like, I want to see this stuff live. I've been sitting home for a while. And it's aside from last night, this is the first big Chicago thing that's going yeah. on. Yeah. So you have storylines from various companies that are peaking at the same time where we're coming out of the pandemic and Chicago is already a bit of a hot town. So all this kind of converges and we're selling tons and tons of tickets, not to mention the fact that all out was a fly-in show. There's a lot of, so that show that's probably why it sold out so well is that people were flying in for that. The 820 show, the, the CM Punk United Center show, that can't be a fly-in because they literally announced it and then it was like, it's two days later that the show's going to occur. So it only got announced a couple of weeks ahead, ahead time. Yeah, it was pretty crazy, right? That was the big, like last week. I think some people coming off of the show last week would like Tony Khan's announcement is a rampage date. That's pretty that's not what we were thinking it was going to be. I certainly thought it was going to be a little more than that. And then lo and behold, he sells out every seat in the building in seconds. Yeah. I guess I don't, I don't know as much about wrestling as I thought I knew about <laughs> wrestling. Then what's interesting is we're talking about this and like resurgence is happening. The card is being built for resurgence and new Japan's coming over and we got all this stuff and it's, that's like second fiddle two years ago, three years ago, when we were talking about this. Like New Japan would have been the thing that you and I were looking most forward to because it's right. ah fresh wrestlers. We don't get to really see those guys live ever. And here it is, but that's pushed off to the side because the storylines there all over the place right now and stuff. And they're sort of establishing, hence the name resurgence. And yeah, we've got the Chicago thing happening and stuff. It's great for me. Chicago's an easy flight. They got great food. I don't love the airport, but aside from that, I don't know. Chicago people tend to have New York attitudes, so I'm okay with them in general. And they... I've never had any issues with their fans. Everybody around us has always been really cool. So I like to do shows in that town. Yeah, it's fun. Like you said, we have a great time in Chicago. Every time we go, we get to go visit Pro Wrestling Tees. Pro Wrestling Tees! They're there. Yeah. Spend a bunch of money. You get to buy mystery boxes and get stuff that you may or may not own. Like, that's... <laughs> Pro Wrestling Tees is almost like the Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame. You get to go down there. You never know what they're going to have. They got shirts all over the place, like you scavenger hunting and stuff. And then lo and behold, if there's a show, a lot of times there's people down there doing signings. When we were there, Cody and Brandy were doing signer, signings. And they had Pharaoh. And at the time, it was Vanilla Vance. We didn't know who 10 was. So the whole Nightmare family was down there. Yeah, Chicago kind of goes, no pun intended, all out when wrestling comes into town. So I'm happy for that. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get to All Out, I guess we do have SummerSlam coming up. And biggest news out of Raw last night was that we officially have our Goldberg and Lashley match. It's been speculated for a couple of weeks. So like I've been saying the pre-show for your SummerSlam weekend is going to be August 21st. Al Caro will host the Essential Wrestling Podcast SummerSlam special. We have 3 p.m. down here on our graphic. That is probably going to be updated because Impact is running their show that day, which will probably take that time slot away. So we'll do it earlier, but you'll want to catch that so you can see who we think is going to win the night's matches at SummerSlam. But Goldberg and Lashley, Travis, you excited to make that match official? 
during the Goldberg chance last night, it's a wrestling match. <laughs> we're going to see where a title is going to be defended on one of the big four. Here's one of the, the things about Monday Night Raw last night is Goldberg made his entrance and they were, they were piping in crowd noise because I think they got used to doing that. Unfortunately, they picked some Ric Flair entrance or John Cena entrance to pipe in the crowd noise from because you could also hear Michael Cole announcing the 16-time world champion. <laughs> so, a little, little mistake there on the uh, WWE's part, but Goldberg, we want to see Goldberg do Goldberg. I've said that on the show a million times. I want to see him come out and destroy somebody. I don't want to see him come out and lose to Bobby Lashley. I also don't want him to come out and beat Bobby Lashley. So it's a kind of a lose-lose situation in this match for me, but, but he will be on the card. I think it's just one of those things where at the time when WWE decided to sign Goldberg and to these dates and stuff, I think they had a vision of different sort of ways to utilize him as a talent. And then when they put the belt on him, I don't think it went as favorably as they thought it was maybe going to go during that period of time. I don't think he was maybe as into it. And the stuff that happened with Undertaker, I think was a bit of a wet blanket. If that incident doesn't happen in Saudi Arabia, I think it's a, it's a very different, we see a very different situation here. I agree with you. Like I would be, it's, he's so hard to book because you can't, what I'd love to see him do, what I would have loved to seen this build be instead would be give me riddle with the U S title. And give me Goldberg coming out and just smashing some people that are like Riddle's friends and then show me the Riddle event and then have Riddle just barely beat him or something like that. Like that's been a lingering, almost a meme sort of build. I and mean, who knows, maybe that'll culminate this contract run that he has. I will say this, he looks great. Um, looks a lot better, looks a lot more prepared. And I think that, and not that the, Drew doesn't have a good body build either, but Bobby Lashley is a body guy and in the body guy on that show. So I think Bill probably look at this and okay, I'm going to be in a program against the ring in the ring against this guy. Like I better get my stuff together. So I don't know. I feel bad. I feel bad for both of them. I'm glad that they get to go at each other. I think to me, at least to me, it, Bobby Brock is a more compelling big guy smash get a couple of bulls in the ring and beat on each other than this. It's fine. Yeah. Goldberg's got two matches a year. This will be his second match of the year. So uh, we probably won't see him again after this till 2022. Anyway, Goldberg at SummerSlam. So that's that. Now we have a lot more news talked about after the break here, but we do have a commercial break to tell you how you can support the show. So stick with us. We'll be back in about one minute. If you love the Daily Wrestling News show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out BodySlamClothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20.00. And all of them come in the super soft style, and the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to bodyslamclothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Monday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports, and the show kicks off each Monday at 7 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeConi, and Gary Mahaffey. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a pick'em league to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at prowrestlingpick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. 
and the Body Slam Brigade newsletter. Currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday, it consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me or you for free. Sign up now at bodyslambrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. All right, the headlines portion of the show for the day. And Travis, you know what sound you won't be hearing at Raw or SmackDown anymore? Tell me. You will not hear woo from the nature uh, You might hear from Charlotte on occasion. You might hear from the fans for Charlotte, though. Yeah. yeah. But Ric Flair apparently requesting his release from WWE, and they granted it. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means, hey, I've got a, he's got a plan. He's going to show up someplace or something like that. But he certainly is filling up the commercials with those car shield commercials and stuff like that. But not sure if he's got a plan to show up at some other wrestling promotion or not. He's a busy guy, right? Obviously, as soon as that was announced, we saw the Arn Tully flair memes. Now to me, Arn is the nightmare family guy. We see Tully is obviously the pinnacle guy. It would be very curious if Ric Flair was the inner circle guy. That would be pretty weird. <laughs> that would be pretty weird, but I, yeah, I don't really know what to say about this. Ric Flair, he's an older guy. He hasn't been in the best of health the last few years. He was in some really bad storylines in WWE with Lacey Evans and things like that. And maybe he's, maybe this is him like, let me get out of here before Lacey Evans has that baby and I'd get put back into the storyline. Of- Could be. I don't know. I think there's, I think when it comes to all these WWE legends, whether they say it or not, I think they're very curious about the way that AEW in general has been treating them and the w- positions that they've been putting them in. And I'm positive that there's some of these guys out there that are the bigger names that are taking a look at how Haku was taken care of and different people like that are, are put in these spots for a little bit. And I, and I, and there's a reverence that they get, and it's almost like a circle back to they pay off that career in a way that's respectful and things like that. And they don't ask too much of them. They don't ask them to do too much. And it's put in appropriate spots and stuff like that. If he shows up on AEW, I won't be surprised. If he shows up somewhere else in a one-time, you know, payday thing, I wouldn't be surprised with that either. I don't know what those contracts look like, but I will say going back to Charlotte a little bit, she did do a low-key troll yesterday with a Chicago sunshine and happiness tweet that went out. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Charlotte's a little bit rough on the fans, the crowd and stuff. She, she's really giving they, the problem for, for Charlotte in some ways is that she gets Becky chance all the time. Mm-hmm. So she has to address that with the crowd that Becky's at home. And unfortunately, I don't think we're going to see Becky for SummerSlam. I think that. You know what? We all had to get through. All the talent had to get through what chance? They had to get through CM Punk chance. You got to get through Rock chance. You either can do it or you can't. And you know what? Guys like Jericho figured it out because he started talking quieter on the microphone. So they couldn't say what because they wouldn't get to hear what he had to say. So <laughs> I, this is a challenge for her in her career to be able to push past that. And I think there's different ways that she can handle it. I don't know. I was very impressed with the main event last night on Raw. I thought that oh, was good. a very good match that they had. Oh, including the Raw roll-up at the end. Well, that's It's a signature finish. It is. And so they were on brand, and I'm okay with that. But, it, man, it was a believable. It was the first time that I've seen Nikki Ash in a match where I felt good about her coming from underneath and winning. And she seems really genuine. Yeah. 
Okay, so Ric Flair's gone. Also, in the wake of Bray Wyatt's release, people started poking around and asking, what's going on with JoJo? Because JoJo hasn't been on television in a long time, where they've got plenty of ring announcers and whatnot. Now set the table for that. What does that mean? Why would those two things be relational? Because Joe is the mother of Bray Wyatt's children. Ah. Multiple children. Okay. Uh, PW Insider was able to report that she left the company six to eight months ago quietly. So I'm not sure. Maybe because she's not a wrestler, they didn't do a future endeavor. Or maybe they just didn't wish her the best in her future endeavors. And that's why they didn't say it. I don't know. But yeah, and Al was right, by the way. We got a draping crossroads into a finish, not a roll. Draping crossroads into a finish. Okay. Yeah. After Charlotte speared herself onto the table. So the finish was actually pretty good. She did do that. Yes. Okay. On the other show or one of the other shows in the women's division, Ring of Honor had their um, start of their tournament. So we have three people that advanced. Roxy, which is, she's a very young person coming out of Booker T school. She advanced over Sumi Sakai, who is the veteran of the whole division. And then Miranda Alizé over Alex Gracia and Nicole Savoy over Maserati. So those are the first three first round matches. To move on. Yeah, the Ro Roxy is a very curious talent. I think she was somebody that was talked about for performance center stuff at one point too. But like you said, she is young. But I think that she has been looked at by a number of people because she's got good talent. So... I wasn't surprised in that. I don't think I was really overly surprised at any of these um, decisions this far. The other yeah, side, when we start seeing some of the other stuff, I don't know. I'm very hopeful that Allison K wins this entire thing. So, yeah, you got Allison K on the other side. You got Quinn McKay versus Mandy Leone in the first round. Angelina Love getting a bye in the first round, so she doesn't have a first round match. But you also have Trisha Dora over there. There's there's some good talent in this tournament. Like you said, though, Nicole Savoy, she's old hat. She's a little swole. She's gonna probably win in the first round at least sure. Miranda Alizé over Alex Gracia I think it's a bit of a toss-up but Alizé was the first person to make the tournament so it makes sense that they would at least push her out in the first round give her at least that bump sure absolutely yeah. yeah great tournament good nice feature for for women's wrestling without a doubt like they yep. they did a good job with this for sure yep it's still empty arena but I think that they have a couple of shows coming up this month in Philadelphia so stay tuned for that because I'm sure they'll tape a bunch of stuff for ROH TV at those shows. Yep. Tonight is the 100th episode of AEW Dark, and John Moxley will be in action. And that show has really morphed over the, the over the hundred episodes. When we first saw it, it was at least it's basically Brandon Cutler losing to somebody, and that Peter Avalon losing to somebody, but like made talents wrestling on the show, and then morphed through the pandemic era to indie guy versus named guy and they were still beat Brandon Cutler and then now past pandemic we're we're still seeing indie guys but it's not maybe the same indie guys every week and Brandon Cutler's not wrestling anymore yeah it's interesting I think the show is a stat builder show 100% and I actually managed to go 100 episodes without watching a complete one not to say that I haven't watched any dark but I watched matches that I cared about and fast forward through the other ones that I didn't care about because there's certain indie talent that I wanted to watch and there was other times when I didn't care for it. It's a pretty highly predictable show without, outside of maybe one match a night, like you can book the thing yourself, I think from your house without a doubt. Typically, typically. Yeah. You, sometimes there's one match where you can see it going the other way, at least. <laughs> yeah. Major league wrestling is going to return this month. We don't know exactly the day or the time or what's going to happen, but they've got their, they have a sort of a fusion 
preview a couple episodes, mini episodes coming up that are supposed to bridge us to the fall season. So we should get some stuff on that pretty soon. I hope because they, they did announce it's going to be this month. So yeah, that'll be good. Let's fire up Philly and that, that fan base again, for sure. Yeah. They I'm sure they have tons of tape from that, that, that night, because the only thing that's aired so far is the battle riot. Which is right on their YouTube. Yep. All right. So NXT tonight, we have Roddy Strong versus Bobby Fish. We have the breakout tournament continuing with Joe Gacy versus Trey Baxter, Dexter Lewis versus Johnny Gargano in a lover or loser match. Indy Hartwell basically on the line. And then Hit Row versus Legato Del Fantasma. So that should be a fun match. And Joaquin Wilde and Raul de Mendoza, I think they're going to fall to top dollar in this one but i love i'm a giant hit row mark so yeah give me some i appreciate legato and i like their resurrection since they've added the talent that they needed to push them over the edge versus being just in action guys it felt like beforehand but yeah i think i don't see hit row taking a loss here for a little bit maybe at a takeover or something yeah yeah so hit row i think is going to take this one on the AEW side tomorrow we have the debut match of Malachi Black. He'll be against Cody Rhodes. What do you think? Do you think Malachi's going to win this one? Cody Rhodes is not one for putting somebody over in their first match. Black wins or we riot. Come on, Cody. Take the L. Take the L like a man and let's move on with this storyline. Like, he, and he looks like he's in great shape. So, I'm really interested to see if his style is going to be that Muay Thai stuff that we've seen in NXT. I'm interested to see what his real entrance looks like and how that goes. I don't know. I'm just thrilled. Like anytime I see somebody that kind of feels like they got released from the reins, that was, that was a thoroughbred that could run and they've been given some leash. I think it's good. And I think Cody, as much as we all get on Cody for being Cody, I think it's a fine person for him to establish himself with if it goes that way. Yeah, I think so too. I think Malachi Black takes this match. Cody Rhodes takes the L. He's got a he, he may even do an, like an injury angle because I know he's got the show. Yeah, he's got the second the big show, show. The big show coming up. Yep. So he's, he's definitely going to take some time there. So it'll be interesting. I don't know. I, I just like the, I like the nature of how they've set this up with every time we see Cody, he's in all white and, and Malachi Black is in all black and stuff. So like you have this kind of very much in your face, good versus evil for anybody paying attention to it. It reminds me of the two guys at the end of the seasons for Lost with the black and the white chips. And there's a whole bunch of different ways. Obviously, Cody's a giant nerd and he's a huge Star Wars fan. So I know he's running the Sith versus Force. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and he's in a light side costume or something like that, like he like they used to do. So we'll see. But it's a Cody Rhodes match that I'm interested in seeing, and that's been a while since I felt that way. So I'm glad to see it. The other thing Cody likes about the color white is that it shows the color red very well if he gets busted open. So. Absolutely. We, we saw that with Matt Cardona, right? Coming out in yep. all white. Yep. Yep. All right. So we also have Miro defending the TNT championship against Lee Johnson. Sorry, Lee. I don't feel like you're going to do too well there. Nice knowing you, Lee. The Bunny and Layla Hirsch are going to be wrestling in an NWA Women's World Title Eliminator match. So, love uh, it. Winner gets a shot at Camille. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's great. I think we're I think we're going to see Bunny here rather than Layla because they're going to bring Bunny over there, and I think Bunny transposed against Camille is a more interesting match than putting Layla Hirsch over there. But I like the fact that there's some cooperation and some mingling there that's going on for sure. I think, you know. I like the idea of NWA and AEW mixing their women's talent because I think both of them sort of 
AEW is better off now than they were before, but without Thunder Rose and without Serena Deeb coming in when they did, they were floundering there. So like the sharing between those two divisions, I think is really critical for both shows. So it's good yeah. to see that they're firing that back up. Yep. They have good depth now. So mm-hmm. Christian Cage versus the Blade. Chris Jericho versus Juventud Guerrero. So Travis, I, wa- I think last week I asked you, I was like, is Hangman Page, uh, is there any chance he's going to lose this match? No. That's Kenny Omega. And he did lose that match. Oh. And uh, so, so now is it going to be Christian Cage against Kenny Omega? Somebody's at all out. It doesn't feel like an all out main events, but he's the guy in the rankings. The only I thing know. I could say, maybe it's Miro, but I don't know if they'll go belt on belt. That seems like bad booking, but. No, I think we're going to see a surprise contender emerge sort of the way that we got like the three-way thrown at us the last time. I think we're going to see something interesting or different. It, as crazy as it sounds, it could just be Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Al Carl on yesterday's show, I work during pre-production. He's thinking CM Punk. He thinks it's going to go straight to there, but Darby Ellis called that chip already, I feel like, so. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Punk in the ring with Darby makes a whole lot of sense because Darby can bump his way out of the building. And I think that regardless of what work Punk's been doing, he's still going to have some ring rest and stuff like that. I don't think you can throw him in with the best bout machine, even with Kenny kind of injured or whatever. And I think it's too early. I'll say this. Their money's made on CM Punk coming right now. Their bread is buttered. They don't need to put that match here. They can put it over at full gear revolution or something like that. And then build off of that. It doesn't like, he could just come out and say, Hey, I'm here. And that's all the crowd like needs for right now. So I don't think we're going to see that right away. I don't know. I hope this doesn't happen or I hope that, and I know not to be distraught about the potential, but I think we'll see a circle back around and I think we'll see hangman end up ultimately facing him all out. And that'll be interesting. They have not so far gone back on stipulations. So it would be a weird path to get there, but. We'll see. But, but so we're, we're a month out or I guess we're a month and a half out. I guess that's plenty of time to tell that story and to figure out who that contender is going to be. It'll be interesting to see. I just, I hope it's not back to Moxley or Kingston or something like that. I want to see something interesting. Al Carl says Punk's going to be sitting Indian style on the ramp with a microphone if he doesn't main event all out. Well, I had the conversation going in, you know, like, listen, we do Ray Kings and you know, yes, you have to go do your detail on dark to build up your wins or whatever, but which punk will be wrestling at dark. And it's not what I mean. You have to have established yourself in the rankings in order to get a title match, which is why I don't really feel good about Daniel Bryan or CM Punk. And Christian Cage is in those rankings and he's already beat Jungle Boy and he's already beat pretty much everybody else in those rankings. You know what? With that mentality, and you're right, they did announce last week that he was in the rankings. And he was climbing the rankings. And he was doing that kind of stuff. So maybe we do see that. Maybe we do see that happen. It's just a weird, like he's doing this blade thing and he'd done the Hardy foundation. He's in the middle of this Hardy foundation thing that's going on. Um, so just extracting him from that and moving him out there. I just want to see how they're going to tie that whole thing together. I don't know. I, I very much feel CM Punk is going to fall into the role, into the sting position where yeah. we're seeing him about as often as we're seeing sting and stuff like that. And who knows, Daniel Bryan may be. A little bit more like Christian Cage, I would say, where he's working with more action. But I don't think we're going to see CM Punk on 
every single week. I think we might see some pre-tape promos and different things like that, but I'm positive he's going to get more of the sting treatment unless he enjoys it. He may get it there and he may really enjoy working with the guys. He's not a slouch. He did MMA training and that kind of stuff. So it's not like he's scared of work. So we'll see. That's why that's interesting. Wait, depending on how often they run Chicago. Sure. <laughs> Which sure. at this rate is four times a month. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Ticket sales say rightfully so. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Real quick before we get out today, we do have some of the lineup for New Japan's Resurgence show is materializing. We've got five matches now. Alex Coughlin versus Carl Fredericks, Rocky Romero, Fred Rosser, Wheeler Yuta versus Red Narita, Clark Connors, and TJP. Moxley and a mystery partner against the Good Brothers, Jay White versus David Finley for the Never Openweight Championship, and Lance Archer versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the IWGP United States Championship. And there will be two or three more matches here. So starting to shape up. Card's starting to shape up. The back end of that card is interesting. Not to, not to say that there aren't good matches throughout there. I don't know. I think the Good Brothers match is probably the weakest, even though people probably are not familiar with the front end names on some of those other guys. But that Frederick Scotters match will be really good. And hopefully it's like something that gives them a little bit more spotlight the, being the, the beginning strong guys. They may hurt and jerk the show. I wouldn't be surprised with that. But yeah, a couple more th- people to flesh this thing out. And, and, and it's a good show. Sure. Yeah, it'll be fun. You can get it for free if you're a New Japan World subscriber and don't mind watching it with Japanese commentary, or you can buy the English commentary version on Fight. Yes, folks, we're going to be salty about that as New Japan subscribers. Yes, very salty. Especially if they announced Gino Gambino's back for commentary on the Fight side. I'll be really annoyed. Oh, they announced Aiden English. Yeah, Drama King is going to be doing English commentary, so I probably won't hear it. So Yeah, I'll be going to Japanese style as well. <laughs> they tell such good stories in the ring that it doesn't yeah. matter anyway, so I don't necessarily need the commentary for that style of wrestling. Exactly. All right, Travis, anything else before we get out of here today? I don't think so. I think that I think we went around all the bases on that really quick, and uh, we'll see what happens on SmackDown, and it'll be nice to see the what, what goes on after Homecoming for Impact. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to have a sort of ceremony to crown the king and queen this week, but... We'll see. I was really sad. I was definitely pulling for Crazy Steve and Rosemary because I think that's a more interesting homecoming king and queen for sure. No, it's definitely been interesting. They they were not my pick, but they definitely were people that I could envision having a good storyline. That would be awesome. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. For Travis, I'm Ryan, and we will see you tomorrow with John Smith on the show.